Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where we are still reading the Bible in one year. And we are now in uh, 1 Chronicles 2021, that's what we're covering today, and 1 Thessalonians 2. So I'm starting here at 1 Chronicles 2021, and the chapter 20 is all about wars and victories. So if you like war stuff, that's exactly what that is. And it goes into great detail. As a matter of fact, when I'm reading it, again, remember Chronicles is a summary of things that have already happened. But there are some wars that I don't really, they're, they're not sounding familiar. But they're listed here in the Chronicles. Um, so that's interesting. But it gets even better when you get into chapter 21. So it says that Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. So David said to Joab, the commander of the troops, go count the Israelites from Beersheba to Dan, then repent back to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> See, I have something on my mind that I wanted to tell you, but nope, that's not what it says. It says, then report back to me so that I may know how many there are. But Joab replied, may the Lord multiply his troops a hundred times over. My Lord, the, the king, are they not all the Lord's subjects? Why does my Lord want to do this? Why should they bring guilt on Israel? So Joab is advising King David, don't do this. Don't take a census. And, but his, his, he didn't listen to the advice and he sent him anyway, go take a census. So Joab had to do what was told, even though he said, don't do this. Then when he came back, Certainly, God was upset, not happy with David's decision. And I'm going to kind of tell the story, and then we're going to go back and say, well, why? Why this and why that? So God was upset with um, with King David for doing this. And then he sent, um, he sent, this command was also evil in the sight of God, so he punished Israel. Then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Now I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. And then the seer, the person who God spoke through, said, you have three choices. And he gave him three choices about being ca captured by his enemy, um, a famine for so many years, or a plague for a few days. I don't know if God it doesn't really say that David says, okay, okay, take a plague. But he did say, I'm in deep distress. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy is very great, but do not let me fall into the human hands. So God brought a plague or he sent an angel to put a plague on the people. And several Israelites, 70,000 men of Israel fell dead. And this angel of death or this angel that had been sent to, to bring this plague was about to go into, I want to say Jerusalem. Um, maybe not. I don't know where he was headed. Maybe to Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. Anyways, he was headed to continue this plague. And then God just couldn't take it. And he said he, it said that he relented. And said, okay, enough, enough. Withdraw your hand. And the angel of the Lord was standing at the threshing floor of Amorah, the Jebusite. Okay, so David looked completely upset and he was so sad. Now here's what's really interesting too. He says it, was it not I who ordered the fighting men to be counted? I, the shepherd, have sinned and done wrong. These are but sheep. What have they done? Lord my God, let your hand fall on me and my family, but do not let this plague remain on your people. And then 
so then the it stopped and then God said, go make an altar and make some sacrifices at this certain place. So he went to the certain place, but he didn't own, own the land. So he told this man, I'm going to make an altar, sell me your land. And the man says, no, no, King David, here, you can have it, you can have it. King David says, nope, I insist on paying the full price. I will not take for the Lord what is yours or sacrifice to burnt offering. That costs me nothing. So he made the sacrifice on that altar. But when you read this chapter, you can't help but say, wait a second. Why did they get punished for taking a census? Isn't that okay to count the people? So sometimes, and then why did the people, why did 70,000 people have to die for something that David did? So sometimes we, when we do a sin, it affects people around us that we don't even know. And generations down as well. And that, they knew of that. They knew that certainly the head of the household um, often suffered for anything that was committed within the family. That was the culture back then. That was just the way it happened. And so King David being the king over the people, even though he made a decision, it affected the people. And so sometimes, how can that relate to us? Sometimes when we commit a sin in in our life, we think, well, it's just our own. But that's not true. It really does affect people in your circle, people that you love, Um and even people you don't know, there is a ripple effect for our decisions and our choices. They're not in a silo, in isolation. Our sin is our own. It affects other people and it affects generations. Um, yep, it affects generations past or that, that haven't even been born yet um, by the course of events and things like that. The other question that one would have Okay, so that would explain why those people had to die for David's decision. The other question is, well, what's wrong with taking a census? Well, nothing, actually. There's nothing wrong with counting your fighting men. What's, but oftentimes, especially when someone rises up, and King, king David had risen up to be a king, um, maybe he became arrogant. Maybe he, he started to think of his army as where the power and the strength came from. And there was nothing wrong with taking a census except for the fact that God had told Moses how to take a census and God's always looking at the heart. Where was David's heart when he decided to take a census? Was it from an arrogant place? Was it from um, a powerful, independent, self-reliance place? He wasn't relying on God. And the way it started in this chapter, it says, Satan rose up against Israel. Wait a second, how did Satan get involved? Because oftentimes the sins that we commit are temptations that Satan has actually put in front of us to stumble. That's why we're supposed to go to God with everything we do. That's why we're supposed to take heed to people who love us and give us counsel, advice from those people, um, be in the word every day, and honestly, Pray to God for the decisions that you make and see what kind of feeling you get in your spirit, what kind of doors that God opens up, what kind of doors that God closes. And um, that's how you dis- you can discern what is when it's a good time to take a census or do something seemingly innocent or when it's a bad time to take a census. Um, yeah, so oftentimes, or we think we're doing something with good intention but really, um, 
God knows our heart or God knows what that thing is, especially in this culture, in our culture today where everything seems okay. So we think, well, this is normal. This is just what we do in our culture. Well, you better check your heart because, yep, there's still consequences, even for the things we're doing today that everyone seems or says is okay. Crazy, right? Amazing. Okay, we're going to move on to 1 Thessalonians 2. This is a very interesting chapter because it feels like, even though it's chapter 2, it feels like we're still at the beginning of the letter. Because at this letter that Paul is writing to the people of the Thessalonians, he's still giving them a picture of, look, I'm so sorry you suffered the way you suffered um, because it was these Gentiles they were Gentiles who were now being Jesus followers, Christ followers, and they were being persecuted. And there was a lot of, um, well, because they were being Jesus followers, they were being persecuted like the Jews. And so in this chapter, he talks a lot about that. Um, oh, on chapter, on verse four, on the contrary, we speak as the approved as the approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. You know, we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We are not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we are like young children among you. So he's aligning with the people, saying, um, you know, we have this authority, but we're not using it. We're just like you. We're connected with you. So you see, it feels like it's still the beginning of a letter. Just as a nursing mother cares for his children, so we care for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and our hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be to be a burden to anyone. So he continues like that. And then verse 12, oh, verse 11, for you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging them to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. <laughs> so in one sense, he's aligning. Another sense, he's also saying, um, this is, we're encouraging you in this way. We're also the authority. So feels like he's still setting the letter, prepping the letter, setting the stage. Yep. There you go. It was kind of a short chapter. My friends, that was First Chronicles 2021 20, and First Thessalonians 2. All right, that's it for today. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.